you have an opportunity when you meet people in life uh, or, or when you have relationships with them, with your, whether they're your father or your friends, your family members, your neighbors, whatever it may be. You can look at all the things that people are and say, oh, that's amazing. I want more of that life. That's my role model. And you could build yourself up by, by mirroring those things. But you could learn just as much from an individual that has negative traits or isn't showcasing all the greatness that they are by seeing things that you don't necessarily wanna be or by being present and identifying the, the roadmap that they got to get wherever they are and say, oh, okay, well, if I took a different path, then maybe, just maybe, I will avoid some of those obstacles. Welcome to the Positive People Positive Living Room. I'm your host, Dom Green, life enthusiast and marketer of Positive People Posse. This is where we talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and uplifting, and also marketing conversations. We are your sponsor, 3P Media. We can bring you all of the ROI as far as results online. And it doesn't matter if you got a small budget or big budget, we wanna work with you and help you grow. Today's special guest is none other than Mr. What's Good himself. Paul Long with Fundamism. Man, good, thanks Tom? for being on, man. Man, I'm on. It's been a long time coming. It has been a long time coming. You've been uh you've been doing the doing the thing out in New York. I've been seeing you grind and grow your brand. It's been uh it's been pretty amazing to watch, my friend. Dude, I appreciate that. And I just have to say this. Friend to friend, I'm not just a friend, I'm a big fan of yours because uh Dude, I, I mean, I listened to probably half, I've list, listened to about half of your podcast at least. And I know that there's some good content in there. Obviously you have to make the time when I'm on my walk, you know, I, I need some inspiration from other podcasters and other marketers and other guest speakers. And you're the one who's at the top. You're, you're right up there with Joe Rogan. Oh, so, yes. dude, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> hey, like, let, let me get you, you bring it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the energy is unreal, man. And how you tap into that, uh, just uh, just as far as a personable type of conversation, it, it's just uncanny, man. When I was on your podcast, I really show, I really got to see hands on, like how you do it. And I mean, you're a professional, man. So I appreciate you again. I can't say anything but more thanks and more thanks for <laughs> taking time to be on here today. Dude, I'm amped. I, I appreciate all the kind words. I don't know that I'm deserving of them, but I'll take them. You are, man. Uh, somebody once said that you never, the one thing that you'll never get enough of in this world is appreciation. So uh, it's difficult sometimes, Dom, as I'm sure you're well aware, you're, you're doing amazing things. And when people start to say uh, either appreciative or, or nice or thoughtful things, sometimes it gets kind of uncomfortable for me because that's not why we do it, right? Like I know with the Positive People Posse, what we're out here trying to do is we're trying to inspire folks. And, uh, and I have a similar mantra, right? I wanna reveal the opportunity that others have to have a little more joy, fun, and fulfillment in life. And so remove myself, we're trying to create a platform and a philosophy for people to understand there are options and I don't have to dwell in this negative and anxious and fear-driven space. So I appreciate your kind words, but we're, uh, we're two men just trying out here, do the dang thing to help society find what's good as opposed to what's not. No doubt about that. No doubt about that. So tell our audience what you do, man. I mean, you got all this energy, but what <laughs> is this? <laughs> well, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a speaker. Uh, I'm, a, I'm an author. I'm a podcaster. I'm a master of shenanigans. Uh, but, but most importantly, uh, I'm just an individual out here trying to help people 
find really tactical things that they could do to improve their quality of life, both at home and at work. And so typically, Don, that manifests itself in, in large speaking engagements. Uh, probably not news to you that with the uh, pandemic, that the live speaking engagements weren't uh, as common as uh, virtuals. So, I mean, I remember, I remember when all this stuff happened, like many businesses, I mean, there was a week or two weeks where I had 30, 40, 50 live engagements, either cancel or paid engagements, cancel, postpone or reschedule. And so there was a moment where I was like, what, like, what's next? What do I do? How do I, uh, I hate the cliche term, how do I pivot, but how do I create revenue in this space right now? And, uh, and there's been a lot of things that have happened since then. So in short, that's what I do, brother. I, uh, I reveal the opportunity that others have to create more fun in life. Man, touching on that, you know, just going back to where the pandemic first started and where we're at today, you know, I have to say the same thing, dude. I feel like we are very blessed. My team had really looked and faced the adversity early on, as many businesses do. And, you know, we had revenue that was just gone within the first couple of weeks of the pandemic. And that was all client related. And some of those clients were guest speakers. And so when you're looking at uh, the roadmap ahead, and you're also looking at, you know, just like what the pandemic, like, what is this? No one's really dealt with anything like this. It, it was a world problem. It still is a world problem. And, and you look at it and you, you face that adversity and you say like, what do I, where do I go from here? I, we almost had to close our business. Mm -hmm. Like that's what we were thinking because we, there was no way that we were gonna survive. And you know, seeing other businesses get scrappy and pivot, it only, that was like natural collaboration. Just seeing how other people were doing different things in order to get in an audience, but also encourage people, empower people. You know, that's, that's what it's all about. I think one thing that I've learned in this, uh, this process is, you know, free, you can give, give away free advice all day. You know, until you hire me to do that, that's when I charge that ass, okay? But it's collaborative, you know? Like you, you should be networking with people that are going to empower you in learning about their business. And so, um, you know, it sounds like you're able to, you've been able to do that and probably incorporate that within some of your speaking engagements as of today. I mean, is, is there, is, has there been that pivot process that you're, you're coaching and you're encouraging people? Yeah, so definitively, and I will tell you that, uh, like some, I was very hard-headed in the transition in that uh, I didn't know how long the pandemic was going to last. I have uh, an amazing neighbor who works for, for Allstate, and uh, he knew that, uh, as a professional speaker, that my live events had, had kind of uh, gone south or been kaput, all canceled. And so he's like, man, I'd love to get, uh, I've experienced you in person, and uh, I feel as though your message would really resonate with uh, Allstate agents. So what if, what if I coordinated a bunch of Allstate agents collectively together and we had, to pay, we had them pay a fee, uh, a one-time fee, and we all pooled our funds together and we created a, a virtual event where you were the, the keynote speaker. And so I hadn't, I hadn't done any virtuals yet, Dom, and I, my space was suspect. I mean, I didn't have a backdrop like you see before. I didn't have the best lighting. I didn't have the best technology. And, I'll, and I did it. And uh, I got to be honest, dude, I, I didn't feel good about it. Like it, 
it was, uh, you know, like anything, when you tried for the first time, it felt uncomfortable. And I thrive like you in energy and personal connections with other people. And when I can't shake hands or give daps or, or learn something very personal about an individual and then leverage it on stage to showcase a point, well, it, it was a challenge, at least uh, a perceived challenge in my head when it first started. So the neighbor, his name is Kyle Uleg, is an absolute amazing individual. Uh, afterwards, we talked and I said, how did you feel about that? He was like, man, it was way different than the live version. And I go, I know, right? And so we started nitpicking and all of his peers, they loved it. All of, all of the agents, uh, aside from one, thought that it added a ton of value and it really spoke to them. But me being my own worst critic and Kyle being one of my best fans, we really dug in and said, this, this, this didn't really showcase my skill set as I wanted it to. So at the end of the day, I got done with that, Dom, and I was like, man, I think I'm good on the virtual space. I don't think that, that who I am and my craft is best showcased on this platform. I talked to my, my booking agent, and she goes, Paul, I don't, I don't know that you should do that. I, I think that you should really think about what this space looks like. And I said, Dia, I, I appreciate you saying that. I'm just not going to. Like, I, I'm not about that life. I didn't like it. It didn't make me feel good. Fundamentalism is about gravitating more towards what, me, what makes you feel good as opposed to what's not. I'm good. I'm laying in bed that night, Dom, and I swear to you, it clicked. I was like, man, I'm a damn fool. Like, I, I have to figure this thing out. And so I got on Amazon Prime that night in bed. I ordered two Sure mics. I ordered uh, three significant light setups. Uh, I got a 42 inch monitor in front of me that you can't see. I got a, a, a soundboard. Uh, I got uh, a, a video board that, that actually connects the three cameras. I got, uh, I got insulated soundboards all through the room. I remodeled the office. I got doors. Bro, I didn't have any revenue and I went all in. I, I spent, I spent the money that I had and resource available to me on creating a virtual studio. And I will tell you in closing that it has paid for itself 10 times over. That's awesome, man. That is awesome. You know, like one thing that I think about often is what people think like, okay, how should I phrase this? What I think about often is what people don't know what's going on mm. because from internally you feel like you're not doing as good right you're not doing your best and you, you almost think that everyone knows that this is this is not his best but you only know what you know sometimes For sure. and if you bring your innate ability and in nature into whatever it is you're going to do and you just jump in people are going to appreciate that even if it's less than it's more than they yes. even know yes Yes, which is a great point because, and, and, and you and I have talked about this before on different, uh, in different forums, both personally and professionally. You know, we, we really do strive to, to, to deliver the best personal experience, whether it's in friendship or relationships or business or whatever it may be. And so walking away from those interactions, I was like, damn, I failed. Like I, I, it just didn't feel good. And, but to your point, to the masses, to the bulk of everybody else, they hadn't experienced a virtual that, that was that energetic or that personable. And so I will say that uh, the fact that we are our own biggest critics and we're driven uh, and, and really strive for uh, better than what we're doing currently, 
um, has just magnified and amplified the brand, as you very well know, with Positive People Posse. For sure, man. And uh, I, I know this about you. You are an empath. Mm-hmm. Right. 100%. And so and so when you're connecting with people, um, you really take on their energy, whether if it be good or really disturbing. Yes. You know, and it's, it's really tough being on that side. But I think that is something that is a, a great ability that you have to connect with people on that. So let's talk about that path. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I will say that I've I've kind of stalked you on the podcast on different podcasts. And I'm like, damn, I really need to get Paul Long on this podcast because I learn more and more about you as time goes on, just listening. And, you know, with podcasts, it's amazing because we're talking to you, listener, directly through these conversations. Something might jump out to you that you've had that similar experience or whatever it is. And, you know, one thing that I I remember listening to was on the holistic warriors podcast Mm. uh, is you talking about your relationship with your father. Yeah. And, you know, I I believe that sometimes our insecurities um, are the breeding grounds for our biggest strengths, you know, finding something that you're insecure about in a way. And when people can ask you about, Hey, what's your father like? You know, it's like, I, I have to give you, I have to give you the truth. Like yeah. that's who I am as an empath. You know, I, I have to give you the truth. I, I can't just, I can't fake that aspect. For sure. You know, and uh, my father, you know, um, has been in my life, but has not been in my life. And, um, you know, people can be present and not present. But, 100%. You know, I, I, I grew up with a single mother and I would see my fathers in the summers. Um, you know, he, he's only probably been to three football games mm-hmm. and when he, when he showed up to those football games, he was late. <laughs> he missed, he missed the biggest plays, Paul. <laughs> and and that when, disturbed me. Hey, Dom, you talk about when the coach puts you in in the fourth quarter for that last play. <laughs> <laughs> that last play. Well, I was the man who's going to get it done. <laughs> Actually I, actually, I was a fumbler, too. So, oh, know. no. I, I, I realized that I wasn't going to be the running back. Like, I was talented as a running back, but not when you fumble. That's, that's part it. of your job, right? Oh, that's, so, yeah. Defense. It that's, defense. Um, so let's talk about that relationship you have with your father and, you know, how you've overcome that insecurity and, you know, made this. I, I really feel like marketing and your professionalism is all a part of your life experiences of For how sure. you get to certain stages. Yeah. That's why, that's why there's, there's a lot more correlation between with our show is we really want to hone in on you being an individual, you being a human. This isn't just about marketing. Yes. Well, I think, um, so first of all, so much of what you said in your relationship with your father, and I appreciate you opening your heart because I know that that's difficult for a lot of people. Um, I can relate to so much of, of what you said and specifically being physically present, but not always, you know, mentally or emotionally present. And so first and foremost, before we get into my relationship with my father or even deeper into yours with, with your father, um, I think it's imperative that we just address right now in society, like everybody appears, at least our perception, right. To be at each other, right. To be very opinionated and very strong willed and, and more willing to listen to respond than really truly listen to understand. And oftentimes, Dom, uh, 
and Positive People Posse listener uh, or the living room conversation. Here we are together collectively. Uh, oftentimes what happens is when we see people with differences, when we see people um, that, that maybe don't resonate with us, they have a different personality style or a different communication style, or whatever it may be, what happens is it, it makes us a little bit uh, off. It makes us a little uncomfortable. And so we start to nitpick all the things that we don't like. And so as a result, what do we do? We start to shove people out of our life. Well, I don't want that. I don't want, I don't want anybody with that perspective or that point of view or whatever it may be. Uh, I had a really interesting conversation in short um, the other day with a very personal friend of mine. And we were talking about the political landscape. And he said, you're going to judge me. I know that you don't like me, but I'm voting for, for this guy. And I go, whoa, what, like, why would you think that I wouldn't like you because of that? Like, let's talk intelligently about that. And the most amazing thing happened. I, I wasn't forcing my opinion on him. He wasn't forcing uh, his opinion on me. We were genuinely asking questions and we shook hands and wrote out afterwards. And it just really came from a place of understanding perspective. Where we get bent is where we start to, to be so aggravated and opinionated and short-sighted and, um, and, and only open to the conversations that feed our narrative that's when relationships start to go awry. So on this foundation that was just built in, in my uh, verbose nature, so forgive all the words because I have a tendency to vomit uh, a lot of them, enter my father. So my father was amazing. Like uh, this energy that you feel my, my father had at a younger age, he was very, very funny. Funniest dude that I, that I know, most sarcastic dude that I ever met, very talented great at relationship building, uh, gregarious. I mean, he never met a stranger, right? And so everything that, that you've experienced in our relationship together, Dom, is mainly traits of my father, right? I, I'd like to think that I got my mom's common sense and, and book smart nature, and I got my dad's ability to connect with people and, and be somewhat fun and humorous. But all that to say that my dad had some really really bad traits as well, which we all do. Like I have, I have bad traits as well. And sometimes those bad traits are magnified when you, when you um, add to the mix drugs or uh, financial issues or health problems or whatever it may be. So at the end of the day, my, my dad had all these amazing things going for him. He filed bankruptcy at a very young age and he used that as a defining moment in his life. Uh, to basically give up and say, I, I gave my all once and I failed miserably. Why would I try that again? And so he got really deep into drugs. He, uh, he had a, a terrible back disorder, degenerative disc disease. Um, and he, he started taking, uh, you know, codeine and all that stuff to kind of cope with the pain. And for the last, I would say, seven to 10 years of his life, he slept in a recliner. He couldn't lay flat on a bed. Um, and so he would sleep in a recliner. He'd be up for 48 hours at a time and, and sleep for 72 hours at a time. So all that to say that that wasn't my dad. Like th that wasn't who he was. It was a byproduct of, of all the heartache and, and the drugs and all that stuff taking over his life and him deciding that he couldn't fight back any longer. So in closing, what I will say is you have an opportunity when you meet people in life uh, or, or when you have relationships with them, with your, whether they're your father or your friends, your family members, your neighbors, whatever it may be. You can look at all the things that people are and say, oh, that's amazing. I want more of that life. That's my role model. And you could build yourself up by, 
by mirroring those things. But you could learn just as much from an individual that has negative traits or isn't showcasing all the greatness that they are by seeing things that you don't necessarily want to be or by being present and identifying the, the roadmap that they got to get wherever they are and say, oh, okay, well, if I took a different path, then maybe just maybe I will avoid some of those obstacles. So everything you see before you uh, is because of my mom and dad and I have no ill will uh, towards him or anybody else uh, for that in that nature uh, as a result. Dude, you know, <clears throat> I really love that. I really admire you for sharing it, sharing that so eloquently. And, you know, one thing I will say is um, it, it really does seem like overcoming these challenges sometimes can be a hindrance for a lot of people. But when you can actually see the good, the bad, the ugly, and it uplifts you, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a different advantage. That is a superpower. Mm. Like one thing that you've had said before on the holistic um, warrior, I believe it was, it was something along the lines as, you know, life wasn't really all that bad. I can't say that I've had any down times. I mean, yeah, shit can suck sometimes, but you overcome it and you stay resilient through it. You know, and I really align with that is, uh, you know, positive people posse isn't just like, it's like, hey, everyone be happy, like from, you know, from the look of it, the aesthetic, it looks like everyone just be happy. It's all puppies and kittens and, yeah. and lollipops and whatever. It's like, well, no, we have to go, <laughs> we have to go through this shit. We yeah. have to go through this shit, you know? And, and, and it's really important for people to know that it's like, we can't ride on high all the time, but yes. we should be able to find that, that mechanism that gets us to finding our happy place, you know, creating that. But like, when you're feeling something, feel it, be intentional, be present and figure out what emotions that you're having because that does affect your workflow. That does affect your relationships with others or bumping into someone who is not the same political party as you or whatever it may be. You know, these, these could be bad catalysts or good catalysts for us if we can really hone in to you know, what really made us us growing up and you have to you have to face that shit mm -hmm. you have to look in the mirror sometimes and be like you still have not learned anything you know that is tough that could be very tough you could say that you know a lot of people i think you get to a certain age um you get to 18 you still don't know who you are matter of fact i don't think i still know who i am <laughs> because because i'm evolving right and right. i look back from the year before i'm like oh you didn't know shit uh, sorry, mom, she's, she's listening for sure. Um, but when you get older, you realize you start having these like flashbacks. You're like, oh man, I remember that moment. It doesn't make it any uh, more for, for you to feel sorry for yourself at all, but it also reminds you that you have some unresolved things sometimes. So facing that dead on, that's important. And I, I believe that type of discovery is something that you incorporate in fundamentalism. And it's really important for people to realize that they are an individual, you know, that the human side is not just the salesman side. I can sell all day, Paul. If, if I just want to be face value, I can go out and sell. I, I can make a lot more money, a lot more money selling shit that I do not believe in. I said S so many times today. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, listeners and sorry, mother. Um, 
but but you know it's like the passion that that comes from individuals like us because we are impasse and we really care about helping others you know it, it comes from everything that we've learned in the past yeah for sure well the two things that come to mind um as i'm reflecting on what you're saying first and foremost uh, you mentioned where i said on uh, the holistic savage podcast that uh that my life wasn't that bad but that's all perspective right i mean like if i really truly if i really truly sit down reflect and think about some of the defining moments in my life i mean bro like i was i was in portland oregon when my dad passed away you know and i got online to look at that look at airplane tickets and i couldn't make it happen so i got my brand newborn baby in the car and my wife and we drove you know over 24 hours uh, consistent just to, to get here, however long that took. And uh, in the midst of my drive home to bury my dad, my mom, who was divorced from my father for, since I was two years old, she says, Paul, you should start looking at flights. After she calls me, you should start looking at flights. And I said, why? Mind you, she knows nothing about what's going on with my dad. She doesn't know that he passed away. She goes, you should start looking at flights. And I said, why do you say that? And she goes, well, your, your grandma is, she's, she's going to pass away in the next few days. And I think it would be awesome if you got here to say goodbye. I said, well, isn't this a coincidence? Cause dad just died and I'm already on my way home. Right. And so I, I kid about that. I joke about that, but that's, that's life. Right. And so the blessing of the whole situation is I got back in time to see my, my grandmother uh, before she passed. And I walk in the door and my aunt Elaine is, literally singing her to you know heaven's gates or whatever you believe in right and uh and then i immediately went from there to go uh to the funeral home and start helping planning the services of my father when i started all this stuff out dude uh i didn't know what fundamentalism was and i know that we're going to talk about that here in a brief moment but i had forty thousand dollars in credit card debt i i didn't have a ton of revenue i didn't know what i was or what i was doing and so i'm saying all that to say that yeah I had challenges, but somebody else in the world has always got worse challenges than we do. And quite honestly, they're handling it a little bit better. So in, in closing, here's what I honestly believe. And this is the second point I was going to make um, outside of the you know, challenges that I faced. I think that, that if indeed we're really truly present and aware and genuinely interested in our, in our, in our relationships and asking real fruitful and meaningful questions. Anybody that has any form or level of success, right? And happiness inevitably has always dealt with something to use your word shitty, right? It is what allows us to feel great about what we're doing because comparatively it feels so much better than when we weren't doing it. So, how are we to establish a benchmark for success of emotional uh, uh, greatness if we don't know what emotional um, resiliency and potentially fear and anxiousness feels like? Does that make sense? Yeah, man, 100%. You have to have that fear. You know, like, I think that is that, that pivotal moment where you say, okay, you know, I'm all in, you know, I'm, I'm all in on relationships. I'm all in on success. I'm all in on whatever it may be, because you, you know, it's something that you're going to have to work on. 
Yeah. You know, it's that muscle that you have to continue flexing. <laughs> you know how to flex. Uh, you know, you, you have to continue contracting, you know, that muscle to maintain that, you know, and, and, be, and build that internal strength, you know. And, um, you know, it's so – I think that we're in a society now where we do see polarizing opinions and whatever, but we also see the other side where everyone's acting like it's just all – effing good all the time and and that can be very toxic you know that that can be very toxic but it's not saying that you're not supposed to be like just show me the best but it's like be at your best and know that and know that it's okay to like actually have these conversations with people and and deal with these issues rather than just think that you can just push them aside and you will not grow into someone else. Like, I think that we should constantly be growing. I don't want you to know what to expect from me. Not meaning that I'm going to go out there and just whoop some ass or, you know, <laughs> do something very destructive that would get me in trouble. But I, 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 want, I want to constantly be changing and evolving through conversations and, through, and the conversations I have with myself as well. Yes. You know, I, I think that is what makes people great leaders. And you are a leader in your own right because you can deal with those experiences. So, yeah, man, I, I commend you for that. You know, one thing. Uh, so talk more about fundamentalism and all of the, the things that you've been able to do with your, your platform. Um, I know that you are a, uh, a board member of uh, Noah's Bandage Project. We tried to help you out with an event one time. And, <laughs> and it was an awesome, memorable event. It was a great experience. We lost a lot of money, but, you know, <laughs> I but we know how to throw a party. You know, we know, we know how to throw a, dan a, good, a dang good party. But, uh, but, you know, like, we're all about people like you. You know, people that, um, it's because it's not about you. Right. 100%. You know what I mean? I appreciate you but saying someone that. But someone has to do the talking someone has to be that that person that on the on the external to communicate what it is that you're after you know what you're trying to help yes well i think um so at my core uh the bulk of my corporate experience and uh, i was in a call center space for uh, a decade plus and i and i worked every job in the call center from front lines answering the phones each and every single day all the way to director of call center operations and managing the performance management strategy of 2500 people so you know i i uh i have a very strong um belief and uh background in people development and specifically i know that oftentimes we talk a lot about the what right um there's so many brands out there talking about like what life is good, like what's good, uh, be positive, right? But very few of us are actually talking about and teaching the how, right? Because I can walk away and I can be like, damn, I feel good. Like I want some of that energy. How do I get it? And then you don't know, like you don't know what the next steps are. And so fundamentalism is defined, Dom, as the fundamentals of a fun and optimistic lifestyle. So before I tell you a little bit more, sir, uh, you were on the Fundamism podcast. Uh, I'm sure that your fun has probably uh, progressed uh, through a pandemic, but what do you do for fun? What do I do for fun? You know, honestly, this is fun. 
you know, connecting with people in a different way and actually helping building brands. You know, I, I realized that, you know, helping others um, figure out their marketing scheme, you know, like figuring out how they can be scrappy, you know, and building other people's businesses. Hmm. You know, it's just, it's so much fun, man. You know, like just the, the conversations and just meeting people, you know, in a different way in nature. But go ahead, man. Well, what you just defined, my friend, is one of my favorite core fundamentals, and that's creating meaningful interactions. So, you know, one thing I know about you, forgive me, one thing I know about you is, is, is you're uplifted by people uh, and energy and conversations, right? And so if fundamentalism is defined as the fundamentals of a fun and optimistic lifestyle, well, then all the things that you do for fun, all the things that lift you up, all the things that get you to a place where you're not necessarily thinking about what's not good, but rather things that make you smile, well, all of that could increase the amount of joy, fun, and fulfillment in your life. So what you define just now is creating meaningful interactions. So, you know, what are some ways that you could do that? Well, first of all, uh, I saw an awesome tweet the other day, Dom, that said something to the extent of, if somebody figures out the right answer to how are you doing today, please let me know. If somebody figures out the right answer to how are you doing? <laughs> that is the right? truth. Right? Well, well, I'm so glad that you asked. We're in the midst of an international pandemic. We've got a political landscape unlikely we've ever seen before. Uh, the social divide is crazy. And I'm trying to manage online learning while all the while trying to manage my own sanity. So when you ask me how I'm doing, Dom, I'd have to tell you, fine. Right? So, so that was like I Ace Ventura right there. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So well, why do we ask that stupid question? How are you doing? And the truth of the matter is because we're on cruise control. We really don't care to know the answer, right? We, we know that everybody's got their crap and we're hoping that somebody reciprocates with something like fine or good because we did our part. We showed a genuine interest and we asked, how are you doing? But God forbid we actually ask a question that creates a moment where people can actually think about something that lifts them up like you do, like when you talk to me about fundamentalism and you share kind words and you, and you talk about, you know, marketing platforms and the way to grow that. And then you ask a really meaningful question. It, it puts people in a moment where they're thinking and specifically if they're thinking about something that makes them smile, right? And so what are some questions that you could ask? What are some of these, these, these creating meaningful interactions questions and that core fundamental of fundamentalism? Well, Dom, if you, if you could have an entrance song, a walk-up song for every difficult task you're about to do, like you're about to walk into a grocery store or you're about to hop on a podcast and you wanted to put on a walk-up song that was going to motivate you and get you amped, what would it be? It'd be Eye of the Tiger. Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> now, uh, for the Living Room Podcast listeners, if you're not indulging on you know, YouTube or any form of video media... What you can't see right now, and this is common with Dom, is he is cheesing from cheek to cheek. He is literally glowing uh, in his smile and those, goodness gracious, the, the brightest pearly whites I've ever seen, right? But what created that was a really meaningful, impactful question that showcases an interest in somebody, but specific in something that provides insight into what makes them smile. Like... Uh, who's the best comedian you've ever seen? Or uh, when was the last time you had a gut-busting laughter? Or if you could sit down with anybody in the course of history, who could it be? So this is just one core fundamental. There's millions of them out there. There's get outside. There's 
uh, listen with intent. There's uh, li listen to music. There's uh, share a kind word with a stranger. There's donate to a cause that moves you. I mean, there's, there's literally millions of things that you could do that could bring joy to your face that could serve as a brain pattern interrupt. And that, Dom, is the how we create a positive people posse or the how we showcase life is good. Man, I love that. Oh, got me so pumped. <laughs> you got me so pumped. You know, because a lot of times I feel like I have to contain my energy. You know, I have to um, have to read the room sometimes. But sometimes I don't really care. <laughs> I don't really give an F. And uh, I just disrupt and catch people off guard. And one of my fun things that I do like doing that I really miss doing in public was creating awkward moments. Mm, I love it. And it, it, it's, it's so fun internally where I feel like a deviant, but I know that I, I have the power to master an awkward moment if I really want to, because I love a good story, Paul. Mm. I love a good story. Mm. And when you can create these fun stories and then also say the joke was on you, hey, I'm really not that <laughs> awkward. Whatever I may have said, um, a, a lot of things are registering in my mind, but I'm not going to say them on this podcast. Um, <laughs> but it does bring joy to that other person because it, it almost, you never know who an individual is until you, you really sit down, you get to know someone, right? And so your first interaction with someone sometimes could be the last interaction, but I like to make impressions on people. Yes. Because I want them to know that this quirky guy is, you know, I am being myself and you know what you're going to get from me. It's, it's a give and take scenario. Hopefully that person can give me something in return that enlightens me and enhances my mood or makes me really think about the highlight of my week. And, you know, those interactions are so important, you know, and, and we're, we're still trying to figure out and navigate how we can interact with people even more. But I think we're getting closer. We are getting closer. Well, and I think, Don, based on what you just said, you just kind of highlighted another one of my favorite core fundamentals. Um, and that's putting a new spin on monotonous tasks, right? So we meet people each and every single day. And sometimes we genuinely express interest. Other times we talk about work, weather, and family, like it's going out of style because that's what we do. But what you said, and uh, you don't know this about us, uh, we don't talk as much as we should, but I'm listening to what you just said, and I'm thinking to myself, what? Did we just become best friends? Yep. And the reason being is because I tell every single client that I interact with, whether it's a discovery call or uh, a final call where we're ready to move forward, uh, I tell them I thrive in awkwardness. I thrive in awkwardness. And when, when everybody in society could get comfortable realizing that they're not in control and embrace anything that comes their way, it is one of the most liberating feelings in the whole entire world because you can't get caught off guard. Like if you thrive in awkwardness, you're like, ah, oh, what's good, baby? Like, let's bring it to me. Cause I love being able to leverage my wit in real time. And I realize that not everybody has that same ability or skill set. But for me, I love it. Like I love in interactions, uh, challenging monotony and incorporating this fundamental, a new spin. So uh, most recently, 
before the pandemic, I say most recently, but before all the time runs together, as you very well know. Yeah. I'm at a wedding and it's just taking forever for them to start the 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 dances and the, you know, the 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 bat, you know, where they shoot the the whatever that's called, the the garter, all that stuff. It's just taking forever. And so I'm sitting at this dinner table just waiting for it all to start. And I just, dude, I just want to get into my thing. Like I just want to start grooving, right? But it's taking forever. And so finally in that moment, I decide I'm going to see how many movie lines and music lyrics I could get out in conversation before somebody notices. And Dom, that's a new spin. That's a new spin on a personal interaction. Dude, I got at least 20 in before the activity started and nobody knew what I was doing. Not one person. And so I don't know if, I don't know what that says more. I don't know if it says people aren't as well versed in pop culture as me or the bulk of people aren't present in conversation to even recognize what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> you know, I feel like uh, when I used to lay my game on women back in the day, it was, was way all back music lines, was way <laughs> back in the day. I'm still single. <laughs> um, but yeah, I use, I use uh, music lyrics for sure, yeah. <laughs> like what, like, hold on a second. There's no way he's that talented and that savvy and sexy with his words. <laughs> so let's talk about your weakness. Yeah. And then we're going to get it. to your superhero power. All right. My weakness. I think my weakness is, uh, you know, I often, I often say and openly tell people that you shouldn't worry about what people think about you, right? And for the most part, I would say that I really don't. But I do in one aspect. Like, I don't care... I don't care about um, you judging me in the way that I look uh, or how tight my eyebrows are because uh, these things, is, <laughs> these are fire. <laughs> Woo! Uh, uh, my receding hairline, like I don't care if you judge me on my physical appearance. I don't care if you judge me on my work ethic or what you see uh, outwardly. But, but what I do care about is whether you think or believe at its core that I'm a decent human being, right? And so my weakness then is sometimes I'm a little too cerebral in worrying about that. So uh, how does it manifest? And I talked about this on our, our recent Fundamism podcast. I go to the gym and uh, the gym and fitness is like, that's, that's my space. That's my mental release. I talk all day, every day. When I'm at the gym, dude, I put my music in and I'm just, I'm just getting it. Like I'm, I'm doing my thing. I'm focused on my music. I'm having a good time. And when the pandemic started, what I found is I started getting involved in a lot more conversations. And uh, forgive the overlap if you've been a listener of the Fundamism podcast and you've heard this story before, but, but Don, people would come up to me and they would talk to me about you know, their relationship issues and adultery and their political views and all this stuff. And I'd find that I wasn't even getting my workouts done. Uh, and, and I spent more time trying to avoid people than I was even present in working out. And side note, some of these folks weren't even bothering me, but I anticipated them coming up to me so much that I wasn't even enjoying the things that I was doing. And so my weakness is um, wanting to make everybody happy or find this level of joy, fun, and fulfillment that I experience so much that at times it takes my own energy. And the last thing I'll say though is that's not them. Like it, 
that is not on the individuals at the gym coming up to me because what I found is I was manifesting it. I would talk about it all the time. Gosh, I wish I would stop finding myself in these conversations. But then you know what? I would consistently go up to the same folks and find myself in said interactions. So I was manifesting the thing that I said that I didn't want more than anything. And it wasn't until I addressed that and really looked in the mirror, like you said earlier, that I realized that my weakness is uh, not moving forward in my own happiness. Yeah, man. I really love that. I really love that. I feel like I'm one of those types that, you know, again, us being impasse, we do take on other people's energies and we use, utilize the same energy when we're around people that can empower you as well and give you new ideas and give you new life to how to go about things. I, I really feel like a lot of things have been said, like everything has already been done. Being creative in a new way has already been done. It's, it's not about you doing uh, something new. Sometimes you have to rebrand yourself or, you know, hear something completely different for you to have it register in your mind on how you can go about life in a different way. And, and so when some people have to reset, it's like, well, I already know that. I already know that. It's like, but you don't know that or you would have did something about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. You just had to hear it a little bit differently. It, yeah. it, it could be the same way if you're talking to your wife. I don't know how long you guys been been married, but like you could be <laughs> nine years. Congrats. Thank you, sir. And uh, you could be saying the same redundant things and you're like, well, baby, I told you that. <laughs> but baby. And, 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 but, but baby, baby, <laughs> I already told you that. No, you didn't. You yeah. didn't tell me anything. But then when you say something completely different in a different way, um, it could be a segue for a new conversation or interpretation or at least conversation. And, um, you know, just being able to, to, to grow from that. You know what I mean? Being able to just say, okay, I, I heard it differently this time. Now it makes sense. And so, yeah, man, um, you facing that on, dead on, that dead on, that look in the mirror, it's really important for people to do. And, you know, it's one thing that I have to constantly ask myself, am I doing the best that I can? Um, am, I, am I learning? Am I growing? Am I in the same place as I was last month? I never want to be in the same place I was last month, last year, or, or decades, decades ago now. Um, so now let's explore your superpower. I think well, everyone already knows. Go ahead. <laughs> Can I add to that what, what you just yes. said real quick? Um, so there's a difference between recognizing something also and prioritizing change, right? So I will tell you that I've known that this has been something uh, that has inhibited my growth for some time, right? Um, to make this more, more uh, relatable to the Fundamism brand or the Positive People uh, Posse brand, I don't think anybody in this world would say, oh, I don't want more fun, joy, and fulfillment in life, or I don't want to be positive, right? And so their response to your point is, I know that. I know I need to be more of an optimist, or I know I need to gravitate more towards the things that lift me up. But the challenge isn't that they, they understand it or don't understand it. The challenge is, that they haven't prioritized that above and beyond everything else. At the end of the day, we prioritize things that we believe are important as opposed to prioritizing our happiness and the amount of joy, fun, and fulfillment that we have in our life. See, oftentimes, if, if you struggle with mental health, uh, like myself and my family uh, or others out there, it's easy for you to say, oh, 
well, I just, I'm not that personality. Or uh, it's easy to say that you want to have more fun in life when you don't have all these bills coming in, right? Well, the bills are never going to stop. The heartache's never going to stop. But once you prioritize the fact that you do want more joy, fun, and fulfillment in life, well, then some of the shit, uh, again, sorry, mom, uh, that, that challenges us, it doesn't completely go away, but its impact on us mentally is mitigated. So I, I think it's a very important point to address the fact that a lot of folks understand that change is necessary, but we don't prioritize that change and what it looks like in our life. And in fairness, maybe just maybe people don't know how to create that change. So let's talk about my superpower, brother. Uh, I guess my superpower is energy. Um, I would say twofold. It's, a, it's, a, it's an authentic or genuine energy that manifests itself in showcasing a genuine interest in others. And so what happens is because I'm an empath and I feed off of negative or positive energies, I'm deliberate in creating positive energies. And so uh, here's a real, real life example in the corporate world uh, that many, if you've heard the Fundamentalism podcast, have heard me say before. People used to come up to me in a corporate setting and they'd say, oh, hey, did you hear about this? Did you hear about Dom and Kelly? Did you hear about what Dom and Kelly are getting into? And I'd say, hey, speaking of Dom and Kelly, what's the best thing that's happened to you today? And they'd look at me so confused, right? And like, they'd get that quiver lip where they didn't know what to say. (laughs) What does that have to do with Dom and Kelly, Paul? And I'd say, not a damn thing because I don't care about the drama that they're getting into. I care about the best thing that's happened to you today. Well, inevitably, one of two things happened. People stopped coming to me with their bull crap or they stopped coming to me at all. Either way, I'm a whole lot happier. And so my superpower is leveraging my energy to create meaningful interactions that bring joy to not only my day, but others as well. Man, I think your, your superhero name now is Captain Quantum. <laughs> Captain Quantum. No, I mean, you are very radiant in that. And I do feel like it is genuine. And, you know, a guy who's busy, um, I'm busy as well. I think we're all busy. Yes. We have to deal with our own things personally as well. So the time that you spend out in the field or with other people, you really want it to be impactful. You really don't want to waste too much time and energy with things that don't really pertain to you. And the people who say, I don't want drama in my life. I don't want drama in my life. No more drama. No more drama. Seems to be like the most dramatic people. <laughs> You've been walked on too many times. <laughs> I need to avoid all this drama. Like, like what drama? Like, yeah. I honestly always feel that way. I'm like, what happened? Like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's all good over here. You know, heads in the clouds. You know, like, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's tough for people to really snap out of that sometimes. For sure, 100%. You know, it's, and, it, and it comes down to their, their nucleus, their, their core group, you know, where they're at in their work life, their career, their environment, what's going on at home. All these things can be changed. Yeah. Like, no matter what, even if you're married to someone for 25 years, people think that they're stuck. For sure. No, you can get unstuck. You have to un and stick yourself from these, these things, these hindering things to get you to where you want to go. But I, I always hear this one thing where it's always, um, 
someday I'll, when I do, yeah. when I get here, then I will. When is it going to happen? When I win the lottery. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. I still play the lotto. <laughs> Manifestation. You know, so I, I greatly appreciate that perspective. I obviously relate wholeheartedly. I think it really boils down to being deliberate in whatever you want to feel, right? It's one thing to say that you want to feel happiness or you want to feel positive. It's another thing to be deliberate in going out and creating it, right? So, um, you know, another one of my favorite core fundamentals is get outside. And there's a million different sub fundamentals within get outside. You could uh, go play on a playground. You could go for a walk. You could skip. You could throw rocks. Whatever. You could, you know, hike. You could swim. You could farm, whatever it may be. But you know, talking about being deliberate, I could be in my head. I could be uh, saying to myself, like you just said, man, I, I got to avoid this drama. And so I say, I'm going to go out for a walk, right? Well, it's one thing to go out for a walk and you're, you're, you've just changed the environment, right? Now I'm out on a walk and I'm just thinking about drama. Gosh, dang, Susie is on my nerves, right? Or it's election day, whatever it may be. It's another thing to be deliberate in things that give you joy or be deliberate in interrupting those brain patterns. So uh, the core fundamental get outside and being more deliberate about what you have out there. What if you set benchmark goals like wave to three strangers or stop for a brief moment and name all the sounds that you hear right then? Or what are the colors that you see? Or who has the nicest lawn? Or uh, finger gun somebody. See, when you're doing this, you're not thinking about all that crap and that drama because you're deliberate in a task. You're deliberate in interrupting those brain patterns. So Speaking of deliberate, I, I want to cover one last topic before we ride out because you gave me probably some undeserved uh, credit or appreciation earlier. This is a marketing podcast and you talked about me being a great marketer. And I want to tell you that I honestly don't feel that way. Uh, when you ask me what are some of my weaknesses um, or what's my, my number one weakness, I mentioned that. But one of my secondary weaknesses is my ability to market with a specific call to action in place. And so everything that you've seen is deliberate in uh, brand recognition. And so people know what's good. I'm I go to a golf course and they say, what's good? Like it's the what's good guy, right? But um, it's not necessarily driving desired outcomes outside of growing my speaking business. Here, here's a real specific example, Dom, and, and I wanna be respectful of your time. So- No, man, we got time. This I is got, long format. I got this, uh, this fundamentalism ring, right? And in short, it's got a really cool package, you know, and, and the goal of this fundamentalism ring is you're committed to life or you're committed to your, your significant other or whatever it may be, right? But how many of us wear rings? Are you committed to creating a life full of joy, fun, and fulfillment though? Because that's what this represents. And so anytime I'm struggling or I'm in my head or, I'm looking at my wife and thinking, gosh, I wish you would have done the dishes. Or she's looking at me thinking, gosh, I wish you would have picked up his dirty socks for once. Um, I, I look down at this ring and I, and I identify, what's one thing that I enjoy about her? What's one thing that brings me joy about her? So the concept, at least in my mind, is pretty strong, right? Do you know how many social media posts, marketing campaigns, or even conversations that I've had, the fact that these rings even exist, Dom, zero social media posts. Uh, I've probably talked about it three times in my life and uh, I've never done really any outbound marketing at all. 
Does that sound like a great marketer to you? No, it does not. <laughs> from, our, from our standpoint, no. <laughs> We're like, but why? <laughs> we do a lot of outbound marketing. Right. The same thing that we do for ourselves, we do for our clients. And so, you know, like we, we have to trust the process, but like you own that. But what, I'm, what I mean by marketer is you, you do market your brand in a different way. You mm. market yourself. You know, that's something that um, I would say that would be one of my weaknesses is I don't really market myself digitally mm -hmm. i really care about others and yeah. you know to be a radiant you know leader or you know founder of a company you know sometimes i don't say what i should say out in public to people or sure. engage in branding the way we do um i think it's important for me to connect with the audience in a different way and that's why we're doing the living room so they can kind of get doses of who i am and what we represent because, um, you know, for a while it was, you know, us in our own, in my own head thinking it's like, okay, so what is positive people, positive people are asking, you know, I didn't really want to tell people because mm -hmm. for me, I can go out and sell. And that's what I was doing. You know, I, I was selling the, the concept of us helping other businesses. We're doing that on the back end. We don't even have to market it that much because we've got relationships that are being built, but I know that we can do more. Yes. And, and it really starts with me. Yes. Well, everything you're saying is, uh, is again, and this is a power that you have, a superpower, um, is you're saying things in a manner that's allowing me to self-reflect. And so when I think about you and everything that you just revealed, uh, I just got a LinkedIn notification that I'm celebrating, uh, was it eight years or seven years or whatever it may be of the CEO and president of Fundamism, right? So it's been a philosophy or something that has existed in my brain and, and, and outwardly to the public for, forgive my ignorance, seven or eight years. And the reason why I can't specifically tell you the amount of time is because I don't know what the hell it was when it first started. Like it wasn't what you see before you. And so I, like you, consistently said to myself, I don't care if anybody ever remembers me. Like I don't want to market myself. I want to market a philosophy that could genuinely help people and improve their quality of life, both at home and at work. And so I'm out there and I'm, 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 I'm shoes to the pavement, just beating up this fundamentalism philosophy. And it's not taking off. It's not taking off because people hear it and they see it, but they don't know what it looks like or how it manifests in individuals. And so it wasn't until I had a mentor tell me, Paul, people need to know what fundamentalism looks like in a person, they need to know how it manifests. Like what specifically can I do to incre increase the amount of joy, fun, and fulfillment in my life? And in that moment, that's when I shift my, shifted my marketing efforts to realize that even though it feels gross and, and nasty and narcissistic to me in the moment, I need to start marketing myself as a speaker and showcasing myself as a fundamentalism advocate, right? As a result of that, Dom, everything that you've seen in the growth of the Fundamism brand is directly correlated to that mind shift that I had in saying it needs a model and I'm going to be that. Man, no, that's, I'm like learning again, 
You know, I, I think this is, this is why podcasts are not only for the audience and listeners, but, you know, it's for me to continue learning from other individuals like you, you know, because I revere you as a person who is very resilient, you know, someone who is not really thinking about how big his numbers are on YouTube, because I see that really not. not doing that well on YouTube, buddy. <laughs> no, but we, we need to, we need to fix that. I, I, I need, need to just give you, I need to, I need to write out some tips for you to do on your, your, your own. I would uh, love because it. you need, you need to be reaching more people because I, I believe you're worthy of it. I, so you know? I thank you. And, and these are the things that I struggle with from a marketing. I'm not, I don't have to lie to kick it, buddy. No, 100%. <laughs> and this is why, and I think that this is the whole root of what we're talking about. There's not enough people out there that, that A, will self-diagnose these issues in and of themselves, or B, that will really be honest enough in telling a friend or, or somebody that they need to step their game up. Dude, I know that. What's interesting about that is I'll post a piece of content, and, and, I'll, and I, have a, I have a videographer budget. I have a media budget, and it's healthy, right? You're and I'll Dude, I'll deliver this content that I feel so good. And maybe you've seen some of the core fundamental videos, but gosh, they feel good. And the light's yeah. right and the message is great. And I'm like, Jesus, this feels so good. And then there's 15 freaking YouTube views on it. And, and I know that I'm not doing the things necessary to generate them. Um, but then selfishly, I realize who's the content for? Like, I have so much... I get so much strength and energy from putting out the content, these particular fundamental videos or the podcast or whatever, that I'm never really discouraged or haven't historically by the lack of viewership. Now, all that to say that, don't get it twisted, there, there might be very minimal YouTube views, but I mean, I'm in and out of the top 100 in the business category on Apple iTunes. And so for me, it's like, how do I figure out how to transition or, or move that uh, exposure over to a different uh, media outlet, right? Which is yes. what you're talking about. Yes, 100%. You know, I, I've realized this. Our podcast downloads are weak compared to what we do on YouTube. Hmm. And our audience reach in um, email subscription. We got tons of email subscribers. You know, we can always funnel people. We know funneling techniques to get email subscribers, you know, to get podcast listeners. That's always, that's been a, that's been our Achilles heel. Right. Uh, but we're growing though, you yeah. know? And, and so like, I know that we're growing and some things don't happen when you think that they're going to happen. Yes. You have to be prepared for the opportunity explosion. And that's been my entire life. You know, you ride that wave and then you try to find the next one yep. and figure out areas that you're weak, but you have to put it in your mind first. You're like, I'm weak on this. I need to do something about it. Yep. I have to be intentional about like, you know, understanding, um, you know, my relationships and stuff, but there's things that I need to be working on throughout this entire process. Um, and, and last but not least, one thing that I do want to ask you is because you have been doing your own thing for three years three or four, four, three years, four. Yeah. Four. Mm -hmm. Okay. Four years straight now. Um, how do you divide up your time, you know, with business, with these emails that come in that are, you know, probably like, you know, it's Armageddon, mm. <laughs> you know, when things feel like it's crumbling sometimes and, 
you know, and be that entrepreneur seeking new opportunities. You know, I think that's really important for these entrepreneurs, these business people to hear is, um, you know, this is not the end all be all, like it's not the Bible because it comes up from your mouth, but maybe they hear something that can be impactful for helping them get through circumstances because life is always going to happen in the process of trying to build towards your dream. Yeah. Now, it's happened to us, it's happened to me. We've lost tons and tons of money over the years, but we've made it back in other areas. And sure, you know, we're doing, we do a lot of stuff. <laughs> that was for you, mom. <laughs> and, and, but you know, it's a building process. And it's like, once you get one layer, you get to the next, but how do you, how do you, how do you go about your balance, Paul? Well, I think that uh, it first starts with recognizing what tasks are, are moving you forward, right? And I know that that's something that you've heard a million times, but let me provide you a real, uh, a real example in my life. Uh, my energy uh, is uh, somewhat magnetic, people have told me. And so as a result, I get a lot of people that approach me with opportunities. Uh, hey, you should come speak here. Will you do this with our 501c3? Or can you come on this podcast? Or whatever it may be, right? And, and even extending that into business opportunities. And so for a long time, I'd be like, yep, yep, let's do it. Yep, let's go, right? And um, I was very much distracted by the shiny object. The growth that you've seen, Dom, and, and uh, if the Living Room podcast listeners have, are aware of me or the Fundamism podcast listeners know, the growth that you've seen over time is when I really made a dedicated effort to stop getting distracted by shiny objects. And so people would be like, oh, I have an idea. I want to do this collaboration with you. I just had a conversation with a gentleman that I freaking love. I love his concept. I love his content. I love everything he's doing. I get great energy by him. And I had to tell him, if it's not moving my Fundamism brand forward and specifically showcasing how others can improve their quality of life, then I can't do it. So first and foremost, it's prioritizing the, the tasks that are going to move one thing forward. Stop dipping your hands in so many different things and thinking, well, one of them's going to pop. I know one of them's going to pop. If you just devoted as much energy to that one thing as you did seven then maybe that one thing would pop a lot sooner. So how does that manifest? Well, that means when emails are coming in, then you can start to prioritize them in terms of what's moving the brand forward. Uh, how do I balance my personal life? Well, for me, balance is super easy, Dom, because fundamentalism is the fundamentals or is defined as the fundamentals of a fun and optimistic lifestyle. So every bit of my life is a case study. They're incorporating fundamentals to bring joy to my family or uh, to understand how to shift the narrative in my brain about this political landscape or uh, a real life genuine interaction with a gentleman uh, like yourself. So balance is a lot easier for me now uh, that there's not a, the last thing I'll say, there's not a personal and business side of me. It's the same, like who you experience on this podcast is the same person that you're gonna experience in front of 1,500 people at a live event, is the same person you're gonna experience as we're sitting on the couch and we're wrapping a conversation about what to eat for dinner. Like, this is me. And so I never have to remember who I presented myself to be. And uh, th that's, that's how I balance. But I will say that sometimes you need to make an investment, an investment in resources, 
that could potentially be better than you are in a specific outlet. So I did hire my wife some time ago uh, to help me out in working email and being the first point of contact for leads and uh, you know mailing out books uh, to, to audience participation members and stuff like that. So that has helped tremendously and it was well worth the investment. Man, I love that. And then, um, you know, last but not least, tell, tell our listening and viewing audience like some things that you want to get off your chest uh, before we leave. And then also uh, leave your handles and where they can find you. Man, I got all the handles. Uh, <laughs> folks used to call me crisscross applesauce. Um, so in terms of getting things off my chest, I know right now um, we're hypersensitive to a lot of things that aren't working. And the more you look for them, the more you'll see them. And so being present, imagine, if you will, um, just, just dream with me for a brief moment. Imagine, if you will, that we were as deliberate in thinking about the things that make us smile as we were in gravitating towards the things that don't, i.e. watching the news or engaging in political discussions or uh, gravitating towards people that you know are going to just vomit at the mouth with drama. Imagine if you were as deliberate in gravitating towards what's good as opposed to what's not. That is fundamentalism. And I know that sometimes it's easier said than done. And so if you need help, holler at a player when you see him in the streets, because uh, we got the book out there. It's on Amazon. It was a bestseller for some time. Ford's written by Travis Kelsey. Uh, it's also available at fundamentalism.com. I got a workbook that really showcases how to get into the meat and reflect, like you said, and digest the fundamentals and showcase how to do them in the life while in your life while also writing down in your journey and talking about what it was like. Uh, and then any, uh, any social media outlet that I'm on, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, it's at Fundamism Paul, at Fundamism Paul. So in closing, when I thought about marketing uh, Fundamism, everybody says, what a brilliant word or idea. Uh, but I didn't necessarily think of the uh, number of people that wouldn't be able to spell it or pronounce it. So that's a little marketing tidbit that I learned through the years as well. <laughs> Man, I appreciate you being on the living room, Paul. Listening and viewing audience, like and subscribe and share if this speaks to you. Follow Paul Long and tell him that we sent you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Until next time, live freely, stay positive. Much love. Peace.